Welcome to Modern Animism Radio. I'm your host, Laura Giles. Thank you all for being here. So it's the holiday season, a time when lots of us would typically be traveling, but this is the year of COVID, so the year of no travel. So I want to talk about pilgrimage and what we're missing out on this year by not being able to travel. First, let's pause for a moment to give gratitude to the ancestors and the elements. I acknowledge and thank the element of earth for our home, our food, our body, stability, the strong foundation beneath us. Thank you for the sensuality that surrounds our physical beings and makes living unique and worthwhile. I acknowledge and thank the element of air for inspiring us with ideas and helping us communicate with our ancestors, use our discernment, and stay inspired. Acknowledge and thank the element of fire for our power, desire, and ability to manifest things responsibly and change the world and change our lives. I acknowledge the element of water and thank you for sustaining our lives and reminding us to go with the flow. I acknowledge and thank our loving, helping ancestors from the human, plant, animal, and mineral kingdoms and thank you for all the help that we receive that is seen and unseen. I thank our listening community today for being here. So happy to have you here for all your input and your questions and donations. If any of our shows inspires or helps you, please consider donating to keep us going. Everybody here at Pan Society is a volunteer, and everybody has day jobs and pitches in to keep us going. So it's it's group effort. And our budget is what our supporters donate. So if you want to help with a financial donation, you can do that on our website at pansociety.net or buymeacoffee.com forward slash pansociety. Okay, so pilgrimage. How many of y'all have been on the pilgrimage? You know, there's different types. You could do an ancestor pilgrimage to the land where your people came from and try to connect with the land as well as your ancient roots. You could go on a pilgrimage to spiritual places that are reputed to have special energy because they have been used as sacred sites for a long time. There's also sites that are on ley lines, which are my favorites. Um, I would definitely call those sacred sites. But they could be places where gods have put their mark in some way, um, like miracles have been performed there, sightings of, of um, saints or gods or things like that, or stories, legends, where, where certain things took place. Or lots of places claim to be the navel of the world or Axis Mundi, like Mount Fuji, Delphi, Mount Sinai, and the Black Hills in South Dakota. So uh, my first pilgrimage was actually an accident. I just had been way overstressed, way overworked, and needed to get away from work. And I ended up going to Cairo because it was easy. Um, It wasn't really like calling to me or anything, but looking back on it, I think now fate had a bit of a hand in that. Um, It was cheap, it was easy, and I could just go on a whim. And that's how I ended up in Cairo. And every single day, every time I talk about this story, it's just... Every single day was a gift from God, everything. It was just miraculous from the time you're flying over the city. It's the middle of the night. It's like, I don't even know, 2 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And it's so pretty, just lit up like that. And everything is so alive. And one of the things that happens, and definitely happened on this, is that because everything is so different, you just tune in and pay more attention. So you see things and experience life in a more intense way. So in Cairo, everything smells different. So it's like my nose is like 10 times bigger and taking in all the smells. And everything looks different. So my eyes are looking at every little thing in detail. Everything feels different. 
the way that people move is different. The way that they communicate with you is different. The words that they use are different because they, they speak a different language. And the, when they translate that into English, it translates in, in a different way than we normally speak. So you kind of lean in and pay more attention. And really, that's the crux to me of spiritual travel is that it makes you more alive. It makes you more in tune. And it makes you more of who you are in a place that is more than, more of, not more than, more of what it is. So when we get used to things and it becomes the same and typical, we just kind of tune it out. It's like, mm, didn't have done that. I don't need to pay attention anymore. And so we miss things. And so spiritual travel makes it all new again. And in Cairo, it really just brought me alive and everything, everything was just so fascinating. You know, we didn't sleep most nights. We were, they have a different sense of time there and everybody's up forever. And in the mornings you would hear, it was like four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, you'd hear the morning call to prayer and our hotel was right next to a uh, a mosque and it was so loud and you can hear it echoing across the city you know there's one right next to you and it's in stereo or whatever the you multiply that by many is like and it's it's the only time really when the whole city feels like it's sleepy and it's just waking up and you just feel that oneness in that voice just ringing out and it's touching everybody it's such an amazing feeling it every time I heard it it, it felt the same way just I couldn't get enough of it and another thing that happened was everybody was just so friendly it was like Kyra just opened up its heart to us and it it was <laughs> I don't know um just just one of the friendliest places in in the world that I've ever been and everybody was just like yes 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 no matter what you asked, it was yes. Everything is available. And um, maybe one of the things is because Cairo, so I was talking about the um, ley lines. So my uh, travel company is called Rainbow Serpent Adventures, and most of our tours follow the ley lines, that, that one, the, the Rainbow Serpent and the Plume Serpent line. Cairo's on that, and Cairo is the throat chakra of the world. And so you hear that call of prayer, your throat is open, and it's like, yes, you can just say anything and make everything magically appear. It was very much like that. Every day it was just like, boop, there's a magic moment, there's a magic moment, there's a magic moment. And at the very end of it, I thought I was ever going to get to the pyramids because it was just so much to do. And we were kind of on, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, but spontaneous time, I guess. So if something popped up and we wanted to do it, we just did it. And so there was no time for the pyramids until the very, very end. And it was the middle of the night. And, you know, the pyramids aren't open in the middle of the night. <laughs> but we managed to get there anyway because in Cairo everything everything is possible with a little bakshish. And um, you can't do this now because there's a front fence around the, the um, pyramids. But um, then you could get on camels, which we did. And you can walk right up to them. So it's a misty night, which in itself is a little bit strange because it you, it doesn't really, there's not any moisture in the air. It's, it's the desert, you know. But it was misty, and we're going through the desert. You can't see anything. The mist moves, and wah, guess what? There's the Sphinx sitting right there. And it was just, <gasps> you know. <laughs> there were so many breathless moments there, and that was 
one of the most amazing ones. So we keep going on, and then there's a ah, little baby pyramid, and then another little baby pyramid, and then, wow, there's the big ones right there. And we just sat in the sand looking at them, watching the mist go by, and it was just amazing. And then um, one of the guards comes up and asks us if we want to climb them out. This was not in my mind. I don't think it was anybody else's mind. And I was young and dumb at the time, but I wouldn't advise this now because when you do that, it it ruins um, or deteriorates the monument. So I wouldn't climb a sacred structure today. But then we're like, hey, yeah, we're all for it. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all because the – each block is about thigh high, so it's not, you know, you got to climb. <laughs> but we climbed it, and there's loose sand on all of them, and it was a little bit, the more higher you go, got up, the windier it got. So it felt a little unsteady, plus it's dark. Um, we did have some moonlight, uh, but it, once we got to the top, oh, my God, it's absolutely glorious, and you can just see forever, and it was just amazing. So we just sat up there and, and meditated in the quiet, and, I was just awestruck, awestruck, and I knew that I had to share this wonder with everybody. And so that's when I started my sacred travel business, and I was like, I just got to share this to people. And honestly, I wasn't sure, you know, because it was the first time, it was a fluke, it wasn't intentional. Would it be the same? And it was, time after time after time, no matter where I went. So Cairo or Egypt for a long time was my go-to place. And then, of course, 9-11 happened, and then England became my go-to place. Um, and but I've, I go everywhere, and every single time, boom, magic happens. I think part of it is because of that intention to meet the divine. And so, a little secret. <laughs> so one year, I don't always know where I'm going ahead of time. It just has to hit me sometimes. Other times, I plan it a year in advance. But um, one year, I just felt a calling to go to England. And um, I felt West Kennet Long Barrow calling to me. So this is a sacred site in England, Paleolithic or Neolithic, not sure, old site. Uh, it's a, a burial chamber. And so I get there, land, go to Stonehenge, which, you know, you got to go to Stonehenge, right? And it's on the way. And then my second stop was West Kennet Long Barrow. And it's cold and misty like it always is in England and I'm walking up the hill and back then too it's not as overrun with tourists as it is now but I was the only one there and I'm seeing just every everything again like I'm telling you it's just so intense you can you can feel the breath of every blade of grass when you really pay attention you can feel the personality the energy of every uh, puff of wind of every single cloud of every leaf on a tree and so I'm in that energy, and I approach uh, the the stones, and I say, Grandfather, you know, why have you called me here? Because I felt like it was a summons. It wasn't like, oh, I just like to go there. It was a summons. And he says to me, to show you that you don't have to be here to be here. I'm like, oh, yes, that's brilliant. That's <laughs> just brilliant. Because once you have something in you, it is, it's in you forever. It's yours forever. You're connected to it. It is you. Um, you have to see it first, I think, or you have to remember it first, maybe. But it is you. And after that, I, but so prior to that, I had to, I had to pilgrimage because you get this feeling and it fills you up, and it lasts. For me, it lasted for about a year, and then I had to get my fix again. 
Um, but once I got that, I'm like, mm, okay, it's in me. So I, I don't need to pilgrimage anymore, but I like to pilgrimage because I like that aliveness. And um, Glastonbury is the earth's heart chakra, so it's a heart opener. And everybody knows that Glastonbury is overrun with tourists, um, even though it's a little town that, that rolls up its sidewalks around 6 o'clock. Uh, it is overrun with tourists during the day. Still would go to go there. I think it's an amazing place to visit. Um, but the was it the first time? I don't know if it was the first time. Might have been the first time that I went to England. I was buzzing for about a month. It was like I when I came back, my feet didn't touch the ground for a month. It was just so 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 powerful. And um, that ley line there is the Mary Michael ley line, and so. Really, if you don't like crowds, you don't like the hippie scene, you say, oh, I don't want to do the Glastonbury thing, just go anywhere on the Mary Michael line. You can do a little church. There's lots of little churches, um, usually named after Mary or Mary's Mother Jesus or Michael, Archangel Michael, um, that all have the same power. So at the end of the line is the uh, St. Michael's Mount, and that line goes all the way to... France, where uh, it's Mont Saint Michel. So Saint Michael's Mount, mm-hmm. the chapel there, is utterly amazing. Utterly amazing. We walked in, and it's just. So sometimes you get to a site, and and you feel the energy, and it's it's resonating much higher than you. You could feel that, and it brings you up just because of the law of resonance. If you have two like bodies that are. Um, and they're resonating at different rates, the the lower one or the weaker one will follow the stronger one. So, of course, the chapel is much stronger. It brings you up or or down. It could be work either way. Um, and then you kind of get used to it because that's just – because it's the, it feels the same. You, you notice things that are different. You don't really notice it when it's the same because it comes, becomes your baseline. So, I, we're there and – I'm on my knees and I'm just crying because it's just so beautiful and it's endless. It's so big and so endless and I can't even contain it anymore. I have to leave. <laughs> I have to leave. I have to, you know, touch me. Maybe if we were staying there, I could just get a little, 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 little and get used to it. But it was so incredibly strong that it was just overwhelming. And lots and lots of places in the world are like this. It's just amazing. So another thing, um, since we're talking about the UK. Uh, so I took an ancestor pilgrimage um, to Scotland, and it just resonated with me immediately because you could just feel the quality of something different. And to me, it felt like family, like I know this place, I know these people. So I've never been there before, but it's like my DNA remembered. And I think that is something really special that people uh, who experience it will never forget it. I won't say you have to do that, but I think that it's something that will enrich you and give you deeper roots, a deeper understanding of yourself and your people, the things that they went through. Even if you don't know the stories, there's something about it that it it just goes into your bones and your bones know, even if you can't articulate it. If you've ever had an experience like that where you just know something and you can't really speak about it, then you know what I'm talking about. And Scotland was like that. Another thing it can do, too, is uh, kind of maybe give you some insight into what you've got wrong. So I also have ancestors from Wales, and I went to the north because the north has such great stories. 
And it's so beautiful. Of course, I wanted to see all that, and I'm getting nothing. Beautiful land, no feelings of connections, no memories, no nothing. Go to the south, um, where my people are from, and bing, totally different feeling. So I I should have asked my dad, who's our family genealogist, before doing all that, um, but I just thought I knew better, so I didn't. And if I had had that information, I'd have been better prepared as to where to concentrate my, my time. Because the south of Wales was was where it was happening for me. Uh, another beautiful place that I think, if you have a connection to the Americas, you might want to check out is the Black Hills. So the Black Hills is the place where the Lakota um, mythology say that they came out of the earth uh, from a cave there, and it is holy land. It, it's beautiful land. It still feels really. There's a lot of places in the world that are really, really gorgeous, but America has some of the, I don't know if you would say most untouched, but definitely big swaths of land that are still pretty pristine, and the Black Hills is definitely that. And you feel the connection of the people who came from there and who are still there uh, to that place. That's something lovely that I think people should understand because I think it gives you a deep respect for that that human land connection. So most of us here in America are transplants. We came from somewhere else, so we don't have that. And or or even if we did, let's say that you know your people, let's say that you're native East Coaster and you're living on the West Coast. So it, you're from here, but not from here, not really where you're from. And I think that makes it such a difference to have such a long route. Um, or to see it in others, because then it, it can give you a sense of what other people have, what you're missing, maybe what you want to reestablish. So that's what the Black Hills really did for me. I, I just, that was such a profound trip for me in so many ways that I don't really actually want to share. <laughs> Speaking of, so um, I've done lots of um, pilgrimages alone. I think that's a real unique experience that people need to do because you have the space to explore your own feelings, your thoughts, go at your own pace. It's also really good to go with other people because you have such a profound experience and they're so personal that nobody can really understand it unless you were there. So it helps tremendously to have a witness to say, did you see that? And they're like, yeah, oh my God, I felt that too. Um, Both of those things are really important. I guess it just matters uh, matters what kind of experience you want to have. So, um, yeah. Another thing that I would say about sacred travel, if you're going to do it, is to have some skin in the game. So I've done tours, not often and not for a long time, where everything is done for you. It's super comfortable. Nothing wrong with that. But so when we were in Peru, one of the places that we went to was we got up early, 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 in like the dawn, and we were on horseback ride going up, up, up. And the Andes are brutal on your knees. It's so steep in the air. You just have no, there's no oxygen, so you can't breathe. And we're going up this hill, up, up, up to the sun gate at the top just to see the the view, to breathe the air, to say a prayer. And it took all day. It was so cold. We went through three climates that day from brutally hot at the bottom to freezing cold at the top and rain, and it was just everything. 
we're on horseback, the horse is on the, on a thin ledge, and I felt like every single step somebody was going to fall over the edge. And it's steep. It's not like you're going to stop falling, you know. So it took a lot of courage, and it was really uncomfortable. And that was probably, I won't say probably, it was the highlight of the trip because we had skin in the game. It's like we sacrificed something to get here. And that's what pilgrimage is about too, sacrifice. You know, you've got to give up some blood, some sweat, some tears, some something to get something back. And if you just go there all in cushy comfort, I think you're going to miss the point. So to me, a pilgrimage about, is about remembering ourselves, to hear the heartbeat of the earth, to get back in sync with each other so the people who are on the group, in the group with you. It's to feel who you are. It's, it's kind of a reset and a deepening that I think everybody benefits from if you do it. Um, I'm going to be so glad when that is possible again. It's something that I miss deeply. But once you have it, like I said, it's always in you, and you can always return to that place because it's like finding the little divine inside of you and awakening that. And it's like, oh, I forgot that. That little kernel is burning. Let me go visit that thing again. And these places of beauty, whether it's a place of a miracle, a church, someplace in the land, an ocean, or whatever, just remind you. So if you want to deepen your practice of animism and want to mentor, you can check out pansociety.org where Sherry and I are offering mentoring. You can post your questions on Facebook, share your experiences, Twitter, Instagram, podcast. Um, I think there's another one. Whatever, whatever social media thing you like, we're probably on it. Just Google Pan Society. Um, we'd love your feedback and love hearing from you. So I'd like to close by sending gratitude to the elements, our loving, helping ancestors for being here. And I thank you all for joining us for this edition of Modern Animism Radio. Again, don't forget to donate as we do need your financial and emotional support. And you can donate at our website at pansociety.net. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Laura Giles for Pan Society Radio. And I'll see you next week. Ciao, guys. <laughs>